The Dane and Derek Show is an uncensored, unfiltered podcast. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Welcome to a podcast far, far away, your weekly Dane and Derek show. But this time we're doing something different because it's Star Wars month. I'm Derek Aiello, a writer, director, and occasional Jedi. And with me as always is my good friend, Dane Fogdahl. Happy belated May the 4th, everybody. Happy belated May the 4th to you all. I'm Dane. Uh, I'm a writer, podcaster, musician. And, you know, I would really like to say that I'm an occasional Jedi, but... Uh, I know myself well enough to know that I'd fall to the dark side. I, I there's just I I get too emotional, you know, like just honestly, honestly. So you know, here we are. Yeah, I mean that's very fair. Uh, but you know, if, if go, bouncing back and forth between light, dark, and gray—that's all part of the Jedi experience, you know, being force sensitive. That that's all a part of it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it really depends on uh, on on your viewpoint, I guess. I think I was just rewatching the original trilogy, which we'll get into in a minute. And uh, Obi Wan talks a lot about light side, dark side, good versus evil. It all matters from what perspective. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, they really they really don't say which is good or bad, even though it's like heavily implied. But they kind of lose that in like later movies and media, but you know, you know, let's not get too into it. Uh, real quick, Dane, what is your favorite starship in star Wars? Okay. Okay. This is, this is an important distinction. Are we talking about class of ship or individual ship? Ooh. Um, I, I don't know the classes very well, uh, but I'll, I'll take either answer. Okay. I have both. Uh, class of ship is the classic X-Wing, which I, I don't have the proper name for. I'm, I'm sorry to who, whoever's listening, who does know, but the class, the classic X-Wing is probably my favorite individual ship. Um, but the individual like unique has a name is, uh, the ghost from star Wars rebels. Ooh, good choice. Good choice. For me, I'm a big fan of like freighter class ships. So mm. like whatever that big freighter ship is at the end of uh uh Empire that 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 Luke and Leia are on, that one uh, Oh, that frigate, the one that's got like uh that's yeah. kind of like spindly in a weird way, like it's like two yeah. parts connected by like a narrow sort of bridge. Yep, that one yeah. is cool. It's yeah, like a it's medical frigate cool. or something. Yeah, I like that one a lot. But that said, the opening to Revenge of the Sith when Anakin and Obi-Wan are in their like starfighter ships, I think they're not Y-wings. They're they're something else. Um, they're, they're they're Jedi starfighters, but they've got yes. like a very they've got like the little fold opening wings um mm-hmm. and there's something almost tie fightery about them. Yes, yeah. I I truly love those ships. It's good design. Uh, just, yeah, the design and uh yeah, I don't know. It just I feel like it emulates pod racing really well in a way that uh, you don't see too much of in the prequels mm-hmm. um, in a weird way. But we're not here to talk about the prequels. We're here to talk about the originals. And by the originals, we mean the original Star Wars, the original Empire Strikes Back and the original Return of the Jedi episodes four, five and six, respectively, before they were renamed episodes four, five and six. Uh, yeah. Dane, did you... I'm curious, did you see the originals before Phantom Menace growing up? 
I don't know. I cannot remember exactly. Mm. I have a really distinct memory of Phantom Menace um, because I was like four when I saw it and the the final duel like scared the crap out of me as mm-hmm. a kid. Um, what I did have is I didn't watch the prequels a lot as a kid because I didn't own them. I had uh, the original trilogy on VHS um, and Same. I wore those those tapes out um except for empire i didn't run empire out because empire also scared me as a kid and also i did not like it as much as um <clears throat> the others because in empire strikes back the, the heroes lose and i did I, as a kid i was like no thank you now i'm all about that shit but like back then i was like no um so like let's can i want to like check in with you about this um it's almost like just gospel that the original trilogy is kind of just considered the best bit of Star Wars media out there, period. Like it's just. Yeah. And and kind of also on some level, uh, Empire Strikes Back is also kind of considered like Star Wars does not get any more better than Empire Strikes Back. It, it's it's the gold standard. There's nothing greater than than it right and by extension the trilogy is the original trilogy is 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 like untouchable i guess how do you feel about that i think the original film is untouchable Hmm. i when it comes to empire i was i recently i watched i watched them on i watched all three of them on saturday with some people that hadn't really seen the star wars movies Mm -hmm. but had played the games and seen like the sequel series and stuff and it was really interesting seeing their reactions to the original film and Empire and, of course, Return of the Jedi. And ultimately, what I found, and I think, like, just having grown up and, like, finally, like, rewatching Empire after so long and kind of, like, where we are as a society evaluating male behavior, uh, Empire, to me, doesn't hold up as, as well as, as it does because... Uh, there's some questionable things that 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 some of the characters do to want to to each other that I I'm not 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 sure if I approve of or am thrilled with uh, compared to the original film, which is very it's very different. It's very different. Like the the tone in Empire and the I mean, besides the whole like Empire being more dark, Empire is actually a really funny movie. Like there's a lot of humor. It is funny. Uh, yeah, but like it's it's different. It's like a more quippy kind of humor than it's, it's better timed. It's better timed humor. Yeah, it's it's just it's very different. And like I see how Empire sets the tone for the prequels and the sequels, which I think are more trying to emulate Empire than they are the original movie in terms of like the timing and how they're written. Mm-hmm. Granted, I'm pretty sure that like the sequels had the same writer as Empire, which is Lawrence Kasdan, who also wrote Indiana Jones and a couple of other like really great movies from the from that time period. And so like I kind of see those similarities. But I don't know. I don't know, man. I I still really love the original. I, I think I've I have a much bigger appreciation for the original film than I ever did growing up. Like Mm-hmm. I don't know, like grow as a kid, I always loved Return of the Jedi. And as like a teen and in and, and, like, you know, like in college, I really liked Empire. But 
where I am now, I really think the original movie, like I could rewatch the original movie over and over again. The others, I have a much harder time rewatching over and over again. Interesting. So here's here's what I'll say. I, as a kid, I loved Return, Return of the Jedi the most. Um, and for me, the the whole Jabba sequence um, is uh, is peak Star Wars for me. Like I don't like for me. I don't know if Star Wars gets any better than the Jabba's palace sequence. Um, One hundred percent agree. I, will, I mean. I will say there are the occasional scenes or things that kind of come close, but I really, I really love that one. And there's just too much nostalgia there to like ever really top it. My feelings on the original trilogy kind of go broadly like this. There is so much magic in the original trilogy and it is such a synthesis of pop culture science fiction and fantasy and myth um, at a certain point in history, like just sort of like a keystone that I, there are in the same way that I find Lord of the Rings to be a flawed masterpiece. I find star Wars to be the same. Um, there are the original trilogy, at least I'm like, this is like a, this is a keystone piece of like mythos. Um, and, and like that's that's important and there's a lot to love in there and there's a lot to be frustrated with in there like what you're talking about with male figures like looking at you solo looking at you she said no and you should have you know like you need to be like better um looking at you man but like like that's like that's the one that like gets me right um right um in that sense uh and actually i do have We'll probably dig into this a bit more when we hit the prequels. I actually think the prequels are significantly worse, though. Um, and and we'll, we'll we'll get there later. But on, on, honestly, there's like I said, there's a lot to love. There's a lot to be frustrated frustrated with. Um, I I think Empire might be the best written one overall, as far as like. Like any, anybody who's anybody, like everybody knows that George Lucas can't write dialogue to save his life, right? Like that's just not what he does, right? And something in Empire really, really works, if you ask me. And it sort of, it changed cinema. It changed a lot of things. And so I think there's a lot to respect in there. And I think that there's a lot of of um, joy to it. And, and there is something that I kind of understand about why it is so touchstone and it's why kind of everybody can agree on like, yeah, the originals are good because like everything else is built on top of it. Right. Yeah. The Mandalorian can be your very favorite star Wars thing. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that and kick ass. And that's awesome. You know, the sequel trilogy can be your favorite thing. It, your favorite thing can be the, the Knights of the old Republic uh, MMO RPG, right? Like that can be your favorite star Wars thing. But it without those three movies, it doesn't exist. Period. Like end exactly. of sentence, right? Like exactly. And so, I haven't watched them in, I think about a year. I considered doing it for for these episodes, but I also like I was like thinking like I don't think I want to cram these in because I, I watched them at like a really interesting moment. Um, because leading up to the the release of episode nine, I rewatched them all in. In not in release order, but in narrative order, because I was just like, this will be fun. I walked away from them like as a whole, having had the best time, if that makes sense. 
um, like of the three trilogies that that exist, like as a whole, all three movies like working together and coupled, of course, with, with my nostalgia for growing up with them and and everything, I walked away the most satisfied. Like I found it to be like, this is the most complete and whole story of all three. Um, though not quite as terrible as one might expect. And I still got a lot of joy out of them. The prequels, I definitely walked away from with the least satisfaction and, and the sequel sequel trilogy was kind of in the middle. Um, and so what I think works about the original trilogy is that there also isn't any legacy. There isn't anything that it's trying to fit. It is telling its story as it's going. If that makes sense. Um, it's not burdened by needing to be something else. Like it doesn't need to live up to anything beyond the movie before it, perhaps, um, depending on which one you're, you're watching. And there's also a certain amount of joy in all of them. Like, you know, like you, you can listen to the stories, right? Like they talk about the trash compactor scene being a pain in the ass and like, uh, Mark Hamill will talk about how hard Dagobah was because he was basically alone acting off of a puppet for ages and ages. Uh, right. But there is something very ragtag and joyous in what they're 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 doing, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, it was kind of like this culmination of all of these filmmaking techniques that had that were just on the cusp of being invented that basically came into fruition. For this movie, right? Like they were, they used computers, they used claymation, they 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 hand painted in lasers. You know, Ben Burton invented the lightsaber sound effect. Yep, and they used practical effects to simulate the lightsaber lighting effect. Like none of the future films do that. You know, the lightsabers have that special sheen because of a rotating piece of metal in them, and you know, all the sets were like built and functional and tactile there's and and then when you think about the fact that like oh yeah like the original film was made for like 11 million dollars which is like 40 million dollars today or something which That's is not a lot of movie ridiculously yeah. low yeah ridiculously low for a movie of that scale and it doesn't really show it doesn't really show and that's i think super important about these movies is that like yeah like you know when things are being claymation you know when things are stop motion animated but like you don't you don't really care because the story and the characters and the sort of believability is there that a lot of modern movies you know not just limited to star wars don't have and to your point about empire like i think i think empire really sets the the tone for modern blockbusters like if you look at modern blockbusters and their kind of quippiness, their wittiness, the screenwriting, and you look at Empire, they're like pretty hand in hand, pretty similar, I think. And that's a really interesting like cultural shift in filmmaking, you know, that like is like more loosely affecting everything. Like probably Fast and Furious 9 probably has more in common with Empire Strikes Back than we realize, you know? Oh yeah, certainly. Certainly, certainly. And that's that's insane. It's insane that that that's the kind of impact it has on people. And there's there's also just a level of, uh, of just like, you know, like, in, in a lot of ways, like Star Wars was like the Lord of the Rings of its time, you know? It was 
sort of the peak performance of the of this sort of genre of space opera that had been done for years but it kind of brought it into this new level like you were saying this new level of pop culture and magic yeah and and i think it, it like i said like it's it's it was that culmination you're totally right and it its impact is still being felt and it yes. will be for a long time and probably quietly on some level forever right like you know we're still feeling the effects of hercules like the myth you know like in a thousand years people will will talk about the old world with their spaceships and star wars you know <laughs> like something some, yeah. something wild like that it'll be a real galaxy quest where people will think that these are actual historical documents <laughs> Of like a, of a long documented space war that took place here. I think there's just, it's, it's monumental. Like the original trilogy is monumental and it holds up is the other thing, right? Like as any piece of media ages, right? There are going to be things that we no longer find acceptable, right? Um, and then you have to kind of like cross the bridge and decide whether or not uh, we are th- we throw out media, right? Like, do we throw out artwork because it's, um, because, because, because basically it, 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 it doesn't hold to our standards anymore. Or do we decide that, decide that we acknowledge this, learn from it and, and essentially like take what value there is, you know? Um, and I think if you're willing to do that, which, you know, no judgment to anybody who's not anybody who like watches it and is like, I, I just can't, I, you know, I respect that. Um, right. I think that there's, there's a lot to be, to learn from the original trilogy. I think there's a lot to enjoy. Um, and you know, like, I, I feel like I'm struggling here because it's just like, well, like, what are you supposed to say about the about the original trilogy of Star Wars at this point? Like, right. Like on some yeah. level, it's all been like said and done. Um, and we don't really we're not really like a history show. So, like, we're not going into like all the, the facts and details. We haven't done the research for that because um, there's there's just so many of them. So, you know, what I'm going to actually do is I'm going to shift the conversation away from like discussing like its impact and it's like value over to um can we just gush for a second like yeah like i've <laughs> i've been wanting to ask you this since you mentioned it uh how many times did you rewind the vhs tape just to watch luke jump off the the diving board and do that flip and catch his lightsaber well okay not not as often as you'd think because <laughs> what i'd actually do is i just rewind the whole movie and watch it again oh um, nice just to watch the the get back to the one scene i wasn't I, I guess i just wasn't clever enough as a kid to think oh yeah yeah i could just rewind this bit and like do it again oh. like like some part of my brain was like no no we got it we got to finish and, and we'll just come back around and start over and do the whole <laughs> damn thing um oh but like that scene as a kid was just like the most adventurous and it was so exciting. And like, uh, it, it, it felt like, um, it felt like Luke was finally a Jedi, like for real, like it really did. It was always so exciting and, and heroic and, and it really catches like that, that like swashbuckly thing, uh, that, that, that star Wars has the, that I actually think is most lost in the, in the, prequel trilogy is like that the that it's um that also there's supposed to be something kind of 
pirate movie like about them and like there's so much joy in that scene because it's also just purely heroic and somehow separate from the rest of the films like most of the movies are about like we're facing the empire and we're we're, we're struggling with that and they just spend like an hour dealing with some weird desert pirate gangster like and it's like yeah yeah it's like the first 40 minutes of the movie are dedicated to rescuing han from a pirate yeah a, a, a space pirate worm gangster yeah and i'm like <laughs> this and like watching it you're like this doesn't matter at all like at all you know like so so sometimes in those in in star wars films like so much can happen off screen right like because it'll like because it could be in the title crawl you know what i mean like yeah like how they get to like how they get to from the parade medal awarding scene at the end of of, of a new hope to the fucking hoth to hoth like yeah. it just that's just in a that's just in a blurb that's just in a fucking sentence right like it was both covered in legends and in like the modern comics like th- this huge arc and and sets of adventures between then and then and i'm and i'm thinking about it i'm like wow they just glossed over like all kinds of potential stuff. They could have glossed over yeah. Jabba's palace, but they didn't. And I'm, I fucking love that they didn't. That's so fun. Yeah. It's so much fun. But like, is, is that your scene from the original trilogy too? Or, or is there like a different one? Th- that is my scene from the original trilogy. Uh, Cause it's just, it's, it's like you said, it's everything that you hope Luke can become and everything that you hope just star Wars is. And you know that, and I think the next scene that I like is the um, when they're on the Death Star in the first film, and they're just kind of like sneaking around, putting on helmets, you know, using grappling hooks, and when when Obi Wan is just like going around, like turning things off, like there's some, uh, th- it's just so cleverly like constructed, mm-hmm. and I and I just must say like. Like, yes, like Han shooting first is like super cool and whatever. And it really changes his character when, you know, it gets edited out. Uh, <laughs> but my favorite scene in, in that bar is is truly like it's truly when Obi-Wan, you know, protects Luke and whips out a lightsaber for the second time or third time in a movie. Because I think the lightsabers only come out like that's the thing, right? Like in the, in the original trilogy, the lightsabers don't really come out that often. No, it's really special when they do. It's really yeah. special when they do like um, like in the original in like the original film, Luke draws his father's lightsaber in Obi-Wan's hut, does a little bit of training on the Falcon. Uh, Obi-Wan uh, cuts off that guy's arm in the bar. Um, and then there's the duel. Yeah. And, and I that's, think that's, and that's it. it. And then hold on. Let's let's I'm, I'm just trying to think about it. like an empire. It's. He cuts off the Wampa's arm on Hoth. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the trial in the cave. Um, yeah. And then the I think AT-AT there's... The AT-AT battle. The AT-AT battle, yep. Which is really brief, which is... Pro- oh, and Han uses it. Yes, Han um, uses it. And then Cloud City. And then Cloud City, which, to be fair, that is a much longer scene and much more drawn out and extensive yeah oh yeah that scene is really great yes the first time luke versus vader is is very good and then in yeah and then in return of the jedi uh you know luke he uses it pretty extensively in that in that first java scene he uses it fairly frequently on endor yeah he never uses a blaster no not in the whole film yeah which, I which is like super 
super cool. Yeah, because like, because like you know, the first film he basically only uses the blaster. The second film, he's going back and forth. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he enters Cloud City using a blaster, but yep. fights his way out with a lightsaber and eventually loses everything. Yes, which is like super cool. Yeah, uh, and narratively, you know, it's not cool that he lost his hand and all that stuff, but um, <laughs> narratively, that's cool. But <laughs> narratively, yeah. And then, and then in the prequels, they're all the fucking time. Yeah, everywhere, um, literally, everywhere. Everywhere. everyone's got a lightsaber. And on the one hand, like I'm kind of like I have like mixed feelings about that because on the one hand, it's like, okay, well, you've kind of like removed like the mysticism around them, but on the other hand, it does show a different era, and that kind of makes sense. Um, and I actually think that the sequel trilogy um does a really good job on the frequency of lightsaber use. Agreed. Um, on returning Agreed. them to being feeling very like, ooh, the lightsaber's here, you know. Um. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I agree with that, and I think that like we've talked a lot about like when do you pull out the lightsaber? You know, we we use that term to you know to talk about like like when we're like playing like D and D games or writing movies, like mm-hmm. we use that term to kind of describe like you know because the lightsaber is effectively can end all be all weapon and. When do you pull that out and when do you not? And that's such a great like narrative thing. Right. Because it's also a signal, right? Like in the original trilogy, something that's super cool is that when the lightsaber comes out, and I'm meaning this more when like the duels happen more than anything, um, is like when you pull out the lightsaber, it means that the fight is about to matter. If that makes sense. It's like the same thing as when in a Western you pause and you don't just let the the people like draw their guns super fast and you start drawing it out. You start um, putting a lot more narrative weight on this particular conflict. Everything in the original trilogy, almost every conflict truly matters. And that's something that I think in the in, in the in the prequels and, and sequels, they kind of lose that because it's a lot of world ending stakes, whereas they kind of build to those world ending stakes. And, and even then, even if they are world ending stakes, it's more what we care more about is the personal stakes. Yeah. Like I said, it's the only, it's the one I came away most satisfied from when watching all, all three very close together. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to like consider any, but we're kind of like running, we're kind of running on time. Um, But I, I do yeah. want to, I just want to, I want to like shout out just some wonderful scenes that always like um, always meant the world to me. Uh, Luke throwing the lightsaber away. Always special. Always goddamn special. The whole battle on Hoth. Very cool. Very exciting uh, to see that first loss. It's actually like it super sets up the tone of the rest of the film. I thought that was really, really cool. Twin sons. Oh, my God. Twin sons. Uh, I think we've talked about that so many times in the past. I just didn't even think to bring it up. But the twin sons uh, in the very first. What was that line? You know, always looking towards the horizon that Mm -hmm. Yoda says to him. Yeah. That's all we got to talk about the original trilogy this week, folks. But don't worry. Every week we're going to be talking about something Star Wars related. Next week will be the prequels. And uh, you can be sure to follow the show uh, at Dane and Derek. That's Dane with an and then and, and, and then an N and then Derek, like our names, conveniently, pretty much everywhere. Um, and you can also follow me at Derek Aiello. Uh, and uh, feel free to tweet at us. Uh, uh, you know, send us some questions. We, we'd love to hear feedback and, and hear what you all, you all have to say about the Star of Wars. Uh, Dane, where can we find you and your work? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dane underscore Fogdahl, and you can listen to my show Diceology, which is spelled like the science of dice on iTunes, Stitcher, 
or Spotify. May the force be with you all and we'll see you next week. Catch you later.